Right, we're here for another uh, NAS chat, and I'm here with uh, Todd Gates. And uh, Todd, uh, I understand that you may have played some football, even though you're a little fellow. Uh, you played a little bit of football. Is that is that right? Well, that is right. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. It's it's not probably the most important thing I ever did, but it may be the most interesting. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I was, uh, uh, I started out, I played football for 20 years. I, my dad took me down to the park to get started playing uh, when I was five. And uh, I played pretty much all the way through the pros. So, and I had a, had a year at pros. Dad wanted to toughen me up. Little did he know. So, that, so uh, you played with Bull, at Bowling Green, right? Yeah, I played, I played at, um, at BGA, played at Columbus Northland, which kind of close, and and then I went. Um, I got some awards there. I was all state and what have you, all city league, and it was a big athletic school, so it wasn't too hard to get into into that. But um, then at Bowling Green, I had a I had a really really good career um, up at Bowling Green. I went up as a freshman and and um, uh, with a bunch of guys. 30, 30 guys came in as scholarship athletes and about seven of them graduated. So, um, but and it was, you were one it was of seven. Was that, I was one of the seven. You yes. Seven, good. Yeah. So I played, I played uh, three years. I mean, I was there as a freshman. I played and then uh, I was a starter from the first game of my sophomore year on. And, and you were all American there, right? I was I was uh, all American Sporting News all American. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, I was first team all Mid American Conference, and my most um, two of my most favorite memories of football was I was elected as the most valuable player on my team as a defensive tackle. My teammates wow. elected me as MVP. Wow. And then um, the thing that means the most to me is. Two years later, I went back to watch them clinch a championship game. We never won a championship while I was there. And the um, I, was, I went into the locker room because I was an ex-player just two years out. And and a bunch of guys, half the team gathered around me. And, and uh, the quarterback says, um, Gator, that was me, just want you to know that this this championship is much yours as it is ours because you're the one that taught us how to win. Wow. That's and so yeah. as an athlete, you know, that's, that's what you want to be able to do. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I always so, felt it was about the whole thing was about commitment. Right. And, and teaching people to win is teach is, you know, how I wasn't intentional, but I tried to get other people to be as committed to, the success of the program as I was. That's awesome. What was the biggest team you guys played from the Mid-America Mid -America Conference, right? The MAC? Yeah, we played, um, we played University of Kentucky, SEC, and we played Iowa State when I was there. Um, we played, uh, um, played Vanderbilt, the first game of my sophomore year and the interesting thing is that the uh, defensive tackle from Vanderbilt was uh, Howie Long, who went on to a 
long career in football and broadcasting. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So really interesting stuff. And Exchange Christmas cards still? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no, not much. But uh, yeah. That's probably, that's probably the most famous guy you played against was Howie Long. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. I, when I was, I played, I had a preseason with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I played on the field with, um, I was on the field one play with Earl Campbell. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then Ron Jaworski and, and those guys played for Philadelphia when I was there. Now that was, that was before Reggie White? Yes. Okay. But that was Dick Vermeule. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. That's, that's when he was there. And that was uh, the, the, the Invincible movie with Mark Wahlberg. That was trying out for the Eagles team. They, he yeah, was just a couple years, just a couple years after me is when that oh. happened. Okay, well, that's awesome. But, yeah, so a lot of, a lot of stories, a lot of good stuff. A lot of, I think the thing I like most about football is, is um, competing with the fellas. You know, just um, having a goal and a mission right. and. And uh, the relationships that builds around that, uh, I think, is really interesting and heartwarming, maybe. Right. Um, but, but I like that. I like being part of a part of a family, part of a group, part and of a church. You know. You're still a football fan. You're a, a Browns uh, yeah. fan, right? Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm already starting to worry about what's going to happen in the fall. Are they going to? cancel games or anything crazy like that i have a feeling you may, maybe we'll get lucky and they will and we won't have to watch the Bengals or the browns play <laughs> well that's that's true uh, i just have i had my browns jersey on uh, this afternoon and i took it off to sit down with you you should have kept it on <laughs> you should have so so you went from bowling green um eventually you ended up at asbury how'd you end up at asbury wow well, that's quite a story um so Asbury, um, people who may not be, uh, be aware, it's a, um, it's a Wesleyan uh, seminary down in Kentucky, and it's a tremendous school. Holiness, um, uh, just the, the, the scholarly part of Asbury is, is outstanding. I mean, it's, it's one of the best of its type anywhere. Um, so I'm trying to, trying to keep it down to a minute or two, but, um, <laughs> basically it happened like this, that, um, Jenny and I were together and we lived in a little town outside of Buckeye Lake called Millersport. And we had bought this, uh, little house and, and, uh, uh, Jenny had sunk her money into it, cash money, and I came in on that. Uh, I had just come home from working in the United Arab Emirates for a year, and we went. Uh, we got in on this house, and and I was out of work. Um, crazy time, but uh, you figure that anybody can, you know, earn a couple bucks. But I found that, you know, no matter how much I lower lowered myself, my sights that um, um, I, just, I couldn't find work, you know. I was college educated, and so a lot of places didn't want to hire somebody that would 
maybe leave them and, and what have you. Um, so it was kind of a struggle. We were in a financial struggle and I was working hard and I, you know, I've been successful in pretty much everything I'd done up to this time in my life. And I came, um, came home one day from looking for work and I walked in the door and there was Jenny sitting on the couch and she was, she was crying. And I'm like, Jen, what's up? What's the matter? And she handed me a letter from our mortgage company that said they'd put off enough payments and that I had 30 days to, we had 30 days to pay in full all the back um, that we owed or the, at that point they were going to foreclose. And I felt re really bad. I, I felt very much like failure because, you know, I felt like I let her down. Um, I went, uh, I just kind of put my head in my hands and walked up the stairs, our little house in Millersport. And at the top of the stairs, I was just, I was just broken. Um, you know, I, I grew up as a Christian. I hadn't been to church in a number of years and like a lot of young people. And I just fell down on my knees and cried out, literally cried out, God help me. I don't know what to do anymore. And when I did that, um, it was as if, I don't know, I, I say it like this and it's sounds trite, but it's really an expression of, of how I feel about it. I just got washed over with a warm wave. I just, um, the, the spirit came upon me as is about the only thing way that I can say it theologically. And I, I had this experience, this vision, this, this knowledge that came upon me and over the course of time. I spent probably an hour on my knees at the top of the stairs, um, with God and didn't have anything to do with any churches or any, anything like that. But I, I did have a Christian background. So I, I just, at that point, God showed me that he loved me and he knew everything about me. There was nothing hidden from him. He, I mean, he showed me things and told me things and, and I began to realize that God's love was beyond my understanding, but, but it was unconditional that God loved me, that, that other things that I was ashamed of that I'd done and where I'd fallen short and when, and, uh, and, and God was like, I, I understand. He, he showed me where I went wrong and, and all these crazy things, but I knew you know, just to shorten the story, I knew that when I stood up from that, that time with God, that I was going to be okay. That's great. That I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew for an honest to goodness fact that there was a God. It wasn't a theoretical that there is a God. Right. And that God loves me. Wow and will be with me no matter what I go through. So that's, that's kind of um, brought me into to this thing. I, I said, what are we going to do with this? And that is the next um, 
next Sunday coming up, I'm going to have to go to church. This was, uh, <laughs> this, this was uh, February 8th, 1988, and it was um, a Thursday. And so they, we had this little Methodist church down at the corner that used to wake me up every Sunday morning with its stupid bell. And I said, well, I'm going to church down there Sunday. So my problem um, is still there. I'm still going to lose my house because I don't have the money. I'm not, don't have any prospects or getting the money, but I knew that, you know, even if I did, even if I lost the house, even if I lost Jenny, no matter what happened out of this situation, that God still loved me and I was okay. So I had peace. Wow. Next morning. Now, so I've, I've got this in my heart already. I, I know what the Lord has done. And this is, you know, part of me now. Next morning, I get up and I'm ready to go. Oh, I, I, I jumped ahead and I, I came down um, from the stairs and I told Jenny, Jenny, I don't know. Everything's going to be all right. It's going to work out. I don't know how to tell you. God just told me it's going to work out. So anyway, next day, Friday morning, uh, I got um, I got up and took a shower, getting ready. I don't know. I'm going to go places. I'm going to go do something, find a job. And I got out of the shower and there was a, uh, there was a blinking light on my message machine. That tells you how old I am. Um, and I called it back. I spoke to a woman named Pam from Ohio Industries for the Handicap. And she said, oh yeah, I've got, uh, I got your resume here and I'd like to have you in next week for an interview. And I said, well, you know what? I'm free this afternoon. What do you think? <laughs> she said, sure, come on in. So I drove in from, from there to North Columbus. And um, met with her. And, and long story short, she told me that uh, later on, after I had been hired there, that it was the weirdest thing, Todd. You walked in the door, and I knew I was going to hire you. And so... Um, that was, that's crazy enough right there to, you know, I get a job that next day, but the, uh, the manager guy named Ed Summers, he, he was a great guy, kind of crotchety old fella, you know, but heart of gold. And he was, um, uh, he heard of the story through somebody else I shared with at work and came and asked me if this was true about me losing my house and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's true. He said, well, I'm going to give you the money and I'm going to take it out of your paycheck. And, and, uh, so he did that. And I, I went and, um, uh, you know, went and deposited a check in my account and settled up with the bank and we kept the house for until uh, a couple years later when I went to Asbury. It was, wow. it was amazing. And, but how I got to Asbury from all that, and I, I can't tell how I became a pastor without telling how I became a real Christian. And I, I went to a church, went to that little Methodist church and those people there were beautiful people. It was a beautiful church. And it was, um, 
the people loved us and they welcomed us and no no phoniness they they knew we were baby believers and and uh jenny had been waiting for me to be willing to go to church she'd been well all along but um and invited us in welcomed us and and as i grew in faith they allowed me to do more things in the church and and it was uh um and then one day my pastor uh, who would have lunch with me on a said hey talk something and you you don't have to answer in a way that you you think i would want you to answer just be honest with me if you would and i'm like oh sure tom i'll i'll do that you know what's what's up he said have you ever thought about being a pastor and like yeah why do you ask and he said he said well i i've been doing this for 30 years and i've only a couple of times in my career i've actually gone to people but i really see in you the gifts and graces of what it takes to be a pastor i'm like wow well i just you know frankly i don't haven't you know lived the greatest life and you know i'm not sure god wants me to to uh, uh be a pastor with all this uh, baggage and he said do you believe in forgiveness I'm, well of course i believe in forgiveness he said well god forgives you if he's calling you to ministry then you need to do something about that wow and um so there the united methodist church has a process for how this goes so i made the first little toe dip into it and um, eventually he connected me with with Asbury and I uh, went down there uh, to check it out and you know that I had been out of school for a while so I had to take some tests to get in I did that with flying colors and and it was um, there was one hang-up though is then we couldn't sell our house <laughs> so I, you know I had to move you know it was a couple hundred miles you know from Buckeye Lake to uh, Lexington Kentucky and so we're going to sell our house to, to move to Wilmore and they called the Holy city <laughs> and we moved to, to move to Wilmore. And, um, so we was, a, it was another year and, and, um, got to the point where I just had to say, I'm either going to do this or I'm not going to do it. So I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and, you know, trust the Lord and see what happens. Wow. So two weeks after I was down there, um, one of the ladies in our congregation there in Millersport um, bought our house, <laughs> you know, just for cash. She just wanted to move out of the country, move into the little town. And wow. so she left her farm and moved into our little house. And, and Jenny and um, the boys, Lucas and Mitch, moved down to, uh, down to Wilmore with me. That's that's how that's how I ended up at the at the at, at Wilmore in uh, Asbury Theological Seminary. Let, let's Quite talk. Let's talk about your family before we talk about ministry, because I think family's always first, and uh, I think you've got yeah. an awesome family. T tell us okay. a little bit about your family. Okay, um, Jenny and I met in Cleveland, and we. We ended up starting our family in Millersport, the, the town I just told you about. And, right. 
so we uh, um, we had our we had our first baby nine months to the day after we were married, and uh, uh, that was Lucas, and he was you know it's always special as as you're aware when your first one comes along, just the experience. Not I don't think your child is more special, but the experience of your first child is really really interesting and yeah um and so then uh then mitchell came along um year and a half later and he, um and so he was he was doing doing well he he was um you know as as people who don't know mitchell has um severe autism and he's um highly nonverbal, but he actually started out as a normal kid and then uh um then lost those abilities so um and you know it's it's just one of those odd things and i'm not going to speculate what may or may not have been the cause of it nobody knows but in any case um so we've got our, our two kids and we're down in down in wilmore as a little family and and uh mitchell um, well, we say it, Mitchell became Mitchell. He went from being a normal kid um, at about two and a half, being a normal kid to a mess. And um, uh, that's the kind of, you know, a, a trauma that we still, still resonates with us. However, a beautiful mess, a beautiful mess. The, uh, um, if you don't mind, I'm going to tangent here just for a second on a story about Mitch. Mitchell loved letters, you know, the alphabet. He loved the alphabet. He had a little toy, um, the little plastic letters with magnets that you put up on the refrigerator. And he's went um, uh, just his first words were actually he spelled Dumbo with his. We wanted to watch Dumbo, and he spelled Dumbo. So we, we had no idea he could do that when he did that. So that was fascinating. But one particular day, Mitchell being the kid who, you know, runs and screams and cries and holds his ears. And one day during church service, Mitchell ran out of the nursery and, you know, and ran up, threw himself down at the, um, at the altar at that church we had an actual altar type of thing and not an altar rail per se per se so at the place of the communion table he sat down and the letters for this do in remembrance of me were carved into this um, communion table and he threw himself down and started touching the letters and running his fingers through the letters of Jesus words and just amazing mm. and it was, so you know jenny came following him and and grabbed him and ushered him out and you know i, I was sort of embarrassed you know mm. and and uh you know i was still young and before i knew the things that god could do um so much but so next day next evening i get a call from one of the ladies in the congregation um her son was in ministry in another state and was 
um, suffering from cancer and she was worried about him and you know all those things and but strong christian lady and um and she called and said pastor i just wanted to let you know that I, i've been kind of dry lately and and dealing with this thing with my with my son and and all that and and but when your son came in and threw himself down in front of the table and touched the Lord's words so lovingly, it, I saw the Lord in a way that I haven't for decades. Wow. I just, I felt the Lord's presence there. Wow. And, and I just wanted to let you know that he did that to me, that, that he touched me in such a special way through your son. Wow. And, um, and so I'm just so happy you're here and that they're here, that, that your family's here with you and, and Mitchell just blessed me so much. So I just wanted to thank you. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. That's the, however part, that's the beautiful mess yes. that you, you know, what crazy things go on in a person's life that, and, and that in the midst of it, God is still working, yeah. you know, and, even when you don't see it, even when you you're crazy with grief over over things and worried, God's still working through that. It's um, so that so that was um, you know that that's that's the start of our family and and I always bring up Mitchell specifically because our life has not been normal, right. you know. I mean. Jenny used to have to take him to therapy every day and do just so much um, for him specifically. Um, you know, for instance, we still spend most of our evenings at home because Mitch is here, you know, and we can't, we can't leave him by himself. Um, you know, and people, other people can go out and we'll never be empty nesters. So that's good. Um, but Lucas was such a good kid and he worked really hard to um, take care of his, of his younger brother. And then along came Clay while we were uh, still in, in, um, uh, in Southwestern, Southwestern Ohio and Southeastern Ohio, I'm sorry. Um, and then, uh, then Chloe. And so we had our, we had our little family of, of four and we were in ministry and started going through the Methodist church, um, you know, how they do you and, and move three years and, you know, go to that church for three years and then the, to the next church for three years. And so that was kind of our career, but we've always been, we've always had a close family. I, I think um, the faith aspect of it, we've all, you know, been Christians and, you know, um, young people, the kids, you know, their faith doesn't look like my faith, um, but that's okay. I've been working at it for 30 years, you know, so. Um, so, so Chloe and, uh, and Brock are at church yeah. with us. They go to church at Marysville. Yeah. And they bring Harley and Rory. Yeah. And, and it, our new addition was just announced that um, uh, Chloe's pregnant. So we're excited about that. Congratulations, Brock and Chloe. And That's awesome. And awesome. Rory. 
Yeah, yeah that's exciting stuff. One of the crazy things that I learned in ministry about family is how beautiful it is to be part of an extended family. And when we went to all these little towns at the Methodist, and there were always these, these people that, you know, their grandparents lived in the little town. They lived in the little town. Their, you know, their children lived in the little town. Their grandchildren lived in the And so they're all part of everybody's life. And if you couldn't come home, you could go to grandma's house, you know, right, and there right. was always people there to take care of you. So, so we had that opportunity for being in ministry and being kind of a, you know, close knit challenged family. And um, it was, you know, kind of you know, helped make us close and in a way that, uh, um, you know, I wouldn't have if I'd have stayed with my job at Ohio Industries. No. So, now you're you're an ordained Methodist master, pastor. I am. I am. I am. I'm ordained in a lot of different places, serving in, in a different capacity now than 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 you were. You're you're not officially pastor in a church, but you're still Pastor Todd. Yeah, yeah, I still am. I'm still uh, ordained Methodist minister, and I've if I chose to go serve a church, uh, um, I could. But, you know, in the Methodist church, you have to be itinerant. That means that you go wherever they send you. And our family dynamics with Mitch are such that it's just not practical. We've, we found that out. And, and, the, and the benefit of that is we, we, we get to, to have you around the Nazarene church. How did you connect to the Nazarene church? Um, I have known some people with, um, that were Nazarenes. I know that, that Nazarene theology is Wesleyan and you're very similar to Methodist theology, and and um, we got this house and brought my mother out and needed to have a have a church. And I felt like the Methodist church was just too big. That's not what I wanted to do. Um, I was a little mad at the Methodist church at the time for uh, not being a little more considerate of my family situation. Um, so that that helped me decide not to go to Marysville. Um, UM, although it's a great church, nothing, nothing bad about those folks, but we came down there, we, we went church shopping, uh -huh. you know, took mom and, uh, and Mitch and Chloe, and we, we went church shopping just, and we went to the, to the NAS and everybody was really genuine, really great there. And, and, uh, and didn't you have a mom just loved it. Didn't you have a connection with Steve Knox too? Wasn't that um, part of that as well? It's well I think, I think we, we knew some similar people. I, I didn't know him before we came there, okay. but we had, we had friends in common. Okay. So, but we discovered that after we got there. Okay. So. Well, well, you know, there's, there's so much more we could delve into the ministry. Boy, you've got 30, almost, well, 30 years of ministry that yeah. we can delve into. That, that's probably time for another podcast. So <laughs> why, why don't you share what you're doing now through COVID-19, your, your good words, your reading, and let people know how they could be part of that. Yeah, okay, that's great, thanks. Um, I just felt like crazy lead, what can I do? You know, I'm, whatever I got to offer, and I love the Bible, you know? So I just, Lord laid on my heart to just, you know, share the Bible. So I get to um, just read the Bible every single day so that if anybody wants to turn into for the 20 minutes I'm on or one minute um, <laughs> that they could. 
And so I, I've got my message um, Bible, and I, I read that um, about somewhere around 11.15 every day live, and then I repost it later, uh, the recording. Um, but if you're on Facebook, you can um, join my group by just going to um, Good Words, um, Good Words, one, one letter or one word, and um, um, and signing up for that, and then I'll obviously let you in. Um, but uh, uh, doesn't if you're a friend of a friend on Facebook, you'll automatically go in. But other than that, I'll I'll check you off and let you in, and, and you can see it live, um, and or listen to the recording just anytime you need a minute of Bible, you know something something beautiful in yours. I've I found that the spoken word is so poignant um, and reading it is I've found out how much I love to read the Bible out loud it's a whole different process than just reading it silently you do a great job with it. I, I've caught a few of them I don't, I'm not gonna say I've caught them all but I've caught a few of them and, and I've really enjoyed it and I and I think our people will enjoy it as well well thanks um you know hit me up on Facebook uh, Todd Gates or or just go for good words uh, and and uh, we'll get we'll get you in. Yeah. Well, Todd, I appreciate the conversation, bud. And yeah, thanks. Thanks for asking me. We'll do this again and uh, uh, have have a have a great day. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to close this out. Okay. All right. Let me just let me just say say uh, thank you to all the NAS people that have been so wonderful to us since we came in there a couple of years ago. Hey, Go ahead. You're great. See you, bud.